Are you ready to overcome the complexities and burdens that come with your success? Join the team at Centura Wealth Advisory in the Live Life Liberated podcast. Now, on to the show. Tony, welcome. Thanks for joining us today. Glad to be here. Uh, Just to add a little context to the viewers and listeners, Tony is a lifelong entrepreneur and business owner and made a journey from operating and owning a business to an eventual sale of business. We wanted him to come on today and share his journey. And uh, I think it's a very interesting and inspiring story, but uh, I don't want to spoil any of it, so I'll let you jump in and just share a little bit about your background and history. Sure. Yeah, so uh, I, uh, I got my bachelor degree in psychology in uh, Peking University in China in 1987, and then I did my master's degree there. And in 1989, I came to U.S. to attend UCSD's graduate program in psychology, just like many other uh, young people in China at that time. So I came here and then uh, got my PhD in 19, uh, in 1993, and I did postdoc for about half a year. And I found out that I'm not the type of guy who can devote my whole life in research. <laughs> so. I uh, I decided to join my friend who was running a computer business. So I joined him in 1994, and in 1995, my friend retired and handed the company to me and two of other customers of him. So, so we run the computer business until 2021. So what we did was to export computers from U.S. to China. And uh, the, the computers we exported are from are made by uh, Compaq, HP, Sony, and then we uh, resold it to, to China. Wow. So, so I'm going to stop you to say, because I, I want to back up just a second. And when you made that first, really the first move to the U.S., you said, there, hey, a lot of young students were doing that. I guess, was that, looking back now, I know, I think we should probably say, oh, that was a, maybe an easy decision. But I don't, at that time, was that an easy jump? just leaving China, coming to the U.S. for that program? Or was that a like a 50-50 decision at that time? Oh, uh, I, I'm, I'm completely uh, dedicated to the process to come to U.S. to study. Okay, so that was part, you kind of knew, okay, this is what I want to do next. Yeah, I'm de- okay. I was determined to do that at the, at the moment. Since uh, in that time in China, even though the Chinese government had a... Uh, open policy started to open in yes. the late 70s early 80s and yeah, but, uh, but uh, still uh, still you uh, people there still don't have uh, didn't have uh, uh, a lot of freedom to do things they want yeah. and again yeah, for my major psychology it was essentially non-existing in China before I uh, attended the school it, it, there, there were only two universities had that major. So, but in U.S. it's highly advanced and there, um, almost all the colleges have a psychology department. So really I want to um, catch up with the uh, advancement of my That seemed major. like the likely path of, of, of taking that next step in, in psychology is okay. It's, it's maybe more, more advancement in the U.S. In that yes, area. yeah, it's a, it's a natural process. And so I, I was, uh, I was the first student in my class who came to U.S. So after wow. I came to U.S., uh, many other students uh, joined uh, joined the group and came to U.S. too later on. Yeah. Okay. 
So well, what do you think it was then? So yeah, fast forward and then you're, you're obviously PhD, you spent a lot of time PhD and then doing some postdoctorate studies as well. I guess what was the interest or draw that you think took you to business versus continuing that, that path? Yeah, yeah. In my mind, there is a striking difference between academia and, and in, in business. The major difference is that in research world, you pretty much repeat doing the same thing. So you may, even though you make a big uh, discovery somewhere, the process and the tools, the way uh, you proceed uh, remain pretty much the same. So while in business world, you have uh, a lot of interactions with people, which I would love to do, and you run into different things every day, and you have to make deci different decisions for different things every day. So that, I mean, I love the challenge yeah. uh, in a business world. And uh, even though I've never done business before, uh, before I uh, left USSD, but uh, from my observation, I decided that's probably is the field I would enjoy more than in academia. Yeah. So you made the leap, went into business, so it sounds like kind of almost like a computer exporting business that yes. yeah. you're working in. And then ultimately at some point led to founding your own business, right? Uh, yes, actually, actually halfway through, actually in the second year after I joined my friend's company and my friend decided to retire and handed the company to me and to other people. So I became the shareholder of the company and that's my the first uh, my first exposure to business to business ownership. So I enjoyed it a lot even though it's a very very challenging business. So I that furthered my determination to to remain in business. Probably a lot of competition in, in that in those late late 90s is that kind of yeah it's a it's a very very competitive yeah. business and also we're talking about exporting importing currency fluctuation mm -hmm. I mean a lot of things uh, I have to handle I have to work with a bank to get a, a letter of credit done a lot of things are new to me and <laughs> that's what I enjoy the most yeah so that's every day every day I need to learn new things. So how did you then pivot once you, I guess, exited that, you ultimately started a biotech services business? Is that kind of, you made that transition at some point, right? Uh, yes, yes. As you mentioned that uh, the computer uh, business is a very competitive one. So by early uh, 20, uh, year 2000, China started to make their own computers. So make it more competitive to export computers from US to China. So, but on the other hand, I have a lot of uh, friends in biotech industries, institutions in USSD, and also the biotech industry was booming in San Diego. So all my friends told me that I should go into the biotech um, business. So I sold my shares in the computer business and then set up the biotech service company from scratch okay yeah, literally it's a from scratch i i i even didn't know what dna sequencing is at that moment <laughs> so i just uh, jumped into it uh, and then started with them um, with the money 
from the, rolled your sleeves up, jumped in, and yeah. your friend said, "Hey, this is a high demand area. Yeah, let's let's go." Let's and go it. it turned out it's a it's a pretty good direction. <laughs> <laughs> I was just lucky. Yeah. So that was early 2000, 2002? 2002, 2003. 2003. Okay. Yeah. And so that was the start of Eaton Bioscience. Yes. Yes. In San Diego, initially. The first couple of years were very tough since it's a very steep learning curve for me to pick up the technical aspect of the service. So I hired someone from USSD and she helped me set up the lab, did the customer service on my behalf for half a year while I was learning from her. And then after one year, I was on my own and then uh, started to expand the business. So in in about three to four years, uh, I uh, opened uh, a branch in North Carolina. Okay. Uh, simply because uh, a competitor in that location closed the door and moved to another state. So I jumped in and filled in the vacuum there. Okay. Yeah. So started San Diego, expanded North Carolina, and yeah. then any other and areas after that? Yeah, and also, uh, Another in another two to three years, we uh, opened another branch in Boston, which is the number one biotech hub in in the whole world. The, the market size is a lot bigger than San Diego. So representation in two big biotech, Boston and San Diego, and San Diego. having the locations. And in another two years, we opened the uh, the next branch in New Jersey. Okay. Uh, to cover the New Jersey market as well as the New York City market. Okay. So we'll fast forward a little bit. So that was 0203 starting point. And then really with starting really with you and then maybe one other employee sounds like, and then you grew to how, ma- how many employees by 2019? By, by 2018, 2019, we grow from uh, one man operation in 20, uh, <laughs> Uh, in 2002 to 2019, 2018 to 125 employees. Wow, 125 yeah. employees. Okay. Yeah. So we'll fast forward to 2019. That's when when you were introduced to Center Wealth Advisory in our team. And I guess maybe just we'll fast forward there and what was going on in, in right around 2019, I think it was when we initiated. Yeah, so, so somewhere around 2017, there was a big company from Europe who, uh, who showed the interest to acquire Eaton. So we went through the uh, due diligence process. We decided uh, to not to proceed simply because the shareholders of Eaton thought that we can do better. Mm-hmm. And then we, uh, we were introduced to a, a local consulting group, uh, the CEO group lead by uh, lead by Joe Phillips. Okay, yeah. and so I worked with him for a couple of years. Very helpful. And then during the course, we discussed the potential acquisition down the road in the future. And uh, at this point, Joe Phillips introduced me to Centura. Okay, and then we had the first meeting with you and Derek. And uh, I think that's uh, that's one of the uh, best decision I've ever made in my whole <laughs> business life. Well, that's great to hear. Um, and that's, you know, for other business owners that may, you know, be considering selling or at some point wanting to sell, you know, one thing that we've always, we always try to put out there is, look, there, there is a lot of planning to be done. 
kind of frame it in time periods of gold, silver, and bronze. So there's the gold period is, hey, it's the time period up until you actually sign an LOI. You know, you can do lots of planning, look at, evaluate it. There's other strategies that, that can help. Um, so that's the, that's the gold period up until you sign the LOI. The silver is going to be once you sign an LOI up until December 31st of that year when the transaction closes. Probably can't do everything in terms of a tax planning strategies, but still plenty of things to consider. Uh, the bronze period is going to be once it goes January 1st uh, up until you file the tax return. And you know, you're on the podium looking up, wishing you probably would have started a little early in the planning process. Yeah, I think in this case, you were out well ahead of signing any LOIs and you know, and just kind of considering, hey, I may go to market here. Is that is that <clears throat> is my memory correct on that? Uh, yes, absolutely. I think uh, 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 it's very, very beneficial for us to start several years ahead of uh, <laughs> of the acquisition actually happened. So, I mean, the most important thing for me is to get the knowledge, get education from you guys. So one we are approached by suitors so we can uh, we can expand our thoughts to include the financial planning aspect into the uh, consideration of the transaction so that's a very important aspect of it and i'm uh, very very fortunate to have you guys give uh, give me the education well ahead of the time well that's that's great to hear the feedback and one of the other pieces that we also, again, encouraging other business owners, if they're going to go down this path is what you really need. And it's not just us, it's other professionals that have to be involved and having a good, really a great team in place is very important. I know, of course, you know, you, you worked with, you know, having a, a CPA, a, you know, an M&A attorney, all those pieces is an important part. I guess, how, uh, how do you feel about that? Or how important was it to you to have those other pieces to to help you navigate the process. Yeah, yeah it's a, I think it's a very, very uh, uh, extremely important aspect of it. Uh, so in this case, I'm, I'm very glad that uh, you guys work work with, uh, with uh, the attorneys. Uh, I, I choose um, Procopio and also work with the CPA, Kurt, yeah. and also the, the, the attorneys. So basically, I think it's a very, very helpful for me that you have a group of uh, people work uh, seamlessly together. You're uh, drinking from the fire hose a little bit in that process, right? Once, once you get into the process and there's so many things, almost daily of almost new things coming up, right? And, yeah, and yeah. So, so really we need a group of uh, professionals to work together. Uh, to get things done in the most efficient way. And I think with the help of you guys, we accomplished this goal. Yeah, I think so. And I think um, in, in your case, it was a motivated buyer, motiv- you know, motivated seller, and it came in and they they were trying, <laughs> if I recall, it was, hey, we're going to do this within a few months and pretty close to happening. I mean, it maybe went on a little bit longer than that, but it was a, it was pretty quick process, from yeah. what I recall. Yeah, in, in this case, I think the reason we moved so fast is that there are two aspects of it. One is that uh, the buyer has been one of the major customers of Eaton, so they knew us already. So, and uh, uh, even physically, we are just across the street. So employees <laughs> between the two companies uh, went to each other's uh, offices all the time. So we, we know each other uh, already. Each other well. 
and also the, the buyer was highly motivated, wanted to close the transaction as quickly as possible. That's one aspect of it. On the, on the other uh, hand, uh, we to work with the Centura, with, uh, with a group of people, attorneys, the, the CPAs all together, you guys just know each other really well so that you can coordinate behind the scenes to get things move along quickly. And I think that's another very important aspect of it to get this transaction done. Yeah, let's let's jump a little bit to our, our planning process. We call it our center's liberated wealth process. And that was one question I was going to ask you, because we do, as part of our process, do a deep dive. And, you know, I think that probably goes back. That's helpful for you is we had maybe a little longer lead times. We started kind of earlier in 2019 and then things extended out where a strategic buyer came in in, in 2021. But it is, it is a fair bit of time. And so I, I was going to say or really ask you if, the time that you and Yin had to put in because you're you're not only spending time with us, but you're spending time overseeing the transaction, thinking about the outcomes. Or, are are you happy with the outcome? And was it worth that time you had to sp- that, that you did have to spend? <laughs> yeah. I am both both I and my wife are extremely happy about the the outcome as well as uh, the the whole process. It's a it's a very smooth uh, process. You and Derek work with us uh, closely and uh, look at all aspects of the transaction to ensure that there are no surprises. And uh, and so I think the, the ending result couldn't be better. It, it went through exactly in the same way we expected. That's great. That's great to hear. Well, any, I guess for again, kind of think of it, any other business owners thinking about this potential process or going through it or thinking about doing the future, is there any other thoughts around the business sale process? That any, any surprises or anything that you would like to share that might be helpful for someone else? Yeah, I, I think the, the most important thing is, uh, you've touched upon on this, the most important thing is uh, to start the planning early. And even though, even though you have not made the decision to, to exit your business, but even it's a still, you are still young, it's a, it's a, it's a remote event, but uh, I think it's a still worth efforts to start to talk with people like you guys so that you get educated what's gonna happen, what you are going to go through, what are the most important things you need to consider before a merger acquisition could have happened so that you can plan well ahead of time. I think that's a very, very important thing. And that will be exactly what I'm going to do for my future ventures. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, a, that's an important point because we, we say over and over as much as we can, that, yeah, yeah at, at one or two years in advance. And, and if anything, just to get that baseline in play, like, okay, this is what it would look like. And then you can pivot from there and know that, okay, if, if because you ultimately you don't know, okay, what is that sale look going to look like exactly? Okay, even if you don't know, you can kind of put some numbers together and, and start to plan around that. I think yeah. I, I and, and also you can uh, you can start to consider how to manage your company from early from early time to reach toward the the final goal to sell it. So that if you can make changes to the structure ahead of time to our financial practices, uh, make changes, make, make them uh, the financial 
aspect of your business to comply with the gap. And a lot of things you can do ahead of time to increase the value of your company and also to make the whole transaction to be in line with your, uh, the financial planning of your uh, personal financial life. Yeah, you want it to be smooth sailing when they, they come in to do their due diligence. And if you can just make that all smooth sailing, then it just makes that process that much uh, Exactly. Easier, right? Yeah, I think that's a very important thing to do uh, in the early, as early as possible. Yep. Well, let's, uh, let's just touch real quick on investments. We, again, this was, we're, we're early in 2023, so we're looking back to, this would have been late 2021, and you know we kind of know where markets and things have gone since then, but uh, you know I think one challenge for business owners is that idea of, wow, I'm taking possibly this cash flowing uh, business I have, and now I'm exchanging that. If I sell it, what am I going to, how am I going to ge- generate cash flows? Oftentimes I'm putting in some type of investment portfolio. And, uh, do you recall any of the conversations we had? I mean, again, it's been a little while, but we were late 21, and. You know, again, looking hindsight, it's like, well, markets, all-time highs and things like that. Yeah. Uh, do, do you recall some of the conversation we had around around investing and kind of the, the, the goals there? Yes, yes, definitely. And uh, I, uh, to be honest, uh, both I and my wife were surprised that there uh, there were so many details <laughs> we need to, to, to consider. And also, we didn't know that there are so many options on the table. We, we have to consider and uh, we're very thankful to you and uh, Derek to get us through the, the whole process. Otherwise, more than likely, we're going to get lost. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think at that time, some of the we talked about was like, look, we we wanted to really stretch out the time frame. Like, look, we don't want to just take proceeds from Visnell and dump into a stock portfolio. You know, I mean, we, we took a more conservative approach and wanted to maintain some liquidity and at the time, even it was for us, it was looking at some strategic alternative fixed income type of investments that, again, you weren't subject to. Well, we had these super low rates. Well, if rates rise, then prices of bonds get hit. And that's what we saw in 2022. You know, kind of again, we have the, the benefit of hindsight today of saying, well, okay, bonds were down about 13% last year. Stocks for S&P 500 was down 18%. And so I think it, it worked well. The idea was, hey, let's we can take a measured approach. It's all based on your goals, your cash flow needs, all of that. But we can. We can be strategic about this, and it doesn't have to be day one. And and uh, so so yeah, so I'm glad we spent. Like you said, at, on our platform, we're using often a lot of alternative type of investments that we think bring a lot of value. And so certainly, we we spend a lot of time around that. Yeah, and, and, and there's a, 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 a aspect of your uh, service we uh, both I and my wife uh, love is that uh, you basically helped us to plan out the, the, the financial aspect of, the, of our life in the future, including all the family members. And so it's a long-term and it's a all com- comprehensive cover pretty much every, every aspect of our life. So we, we are very grateful for that. Yeah, we've never thought about that far. Yeah, that's great to hear. Yeah. And most important, uh, making Yin happy, right, in, in this process as well. She's not here with us today, but I'm glad to hear that she's happy as well. Yeah, yeah she, I, I mean, I think she is. Uh, she is uh, living uh, the happiest life so far. Oh, that's great. <laughs> so uh, she, uh, as a result of this transaction and as a result of the financial planning you guys did for us, she uh, retired in uh, in September, October of last year. That's wonderful. 
and that's again the benefit of, of course, we this is what we do, but we enjoy the planning aspect because that's what allows people to start thinking long term. You know, you you have a an exit from the business and gives you the ability to not just meet your financial needs, but but thinking about your family long term, uh, charitable wishes, things like that. It's really all kind of brings it all together, and that's yeah. that, that's the part of the plan that we really enjoy. So yeah, even uh, even it's been only a little bit over a year uh, after the uh, merger acquisition happened, you guys helped us to uh, make uh, several major financial decisions already in the acquisition of uh, commercial buildings, uh, residential house, uh, investments. And You've been busy, Tony. Yeah, been <laughs> very busy. And uh, I'm glad to say that every decision so far is a correct one and a successful one. Yeah, so we we're, look, we're happy. About we look it. forward to, to many more in the future. And I think that probably a, a decent place to kind of go into the closing here. And one thing that I really enjoyed working with you is you've said from the beginning of, hey, I love this, I love business, I'm gonna do this forever. Maybe forever wasn't the exact words, but you know, as a sort of a lifelong entrepreneur, yeah. um, what what's next for Tony? What? So, I'm not sure yet. I have a commitment uh, to, the, to my parent company of two years. Mm-hmm. And as to what I'm gonna to do after two years, I'm not sure yet. But one thing is for sure that I will uh, continue uh, build up companies and uh, go along the uh, entrepreneur uh, uh, journey for the rest of my life. I love it. Yeah. I love the passion, love the energy. And uh, yeah, we we uh, really enjoyed, our team here has really enjoyed working with you and Yin. And like I say, we we look forward to many years ahead of, of working alongside you and helping you navigate all these things. Yes, same with uh, myself and my wife. We enjoy working with you and we we look forward to working with you for, for the rest of our life. That's good. Yeah. Sounds like a great place to wrap. I think that's, uh, thanks again for joining us today, Tony. Okay, really my pleasure. It. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Live Life Liberated podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Centura Wealth Advisory. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Centura Wealth Advisory, Centura, is an SEC-registered investment advisor with its principal place of business in San Diego, California. Centura and its representatives are in compliance with the current registration and notice filing requirements imposed on SEC-registered investment advisors, in which Centura maintains clients. Centura may only transact business in those states in which it is notice filed or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from notice filing requirements. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Tax relief varies based on client circumstances and all clients do not achieve the same results.